Hello, good evening, good morning, and welcome to the SSF Romcast. I am, as always, Jessica Haynes, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Emma Jackson. Hello. As well as a few other little faces you may notice if you're watching us on the screen. That's it, because we're here for our winter special. We're calling it the Winter Witch Special, and it's kind of in celebration of the boom in witchy rom-coms that we've been seeing happening um of the goodness in, yeah that's it they've been they just they've always been there and um, very popular but it's been kind of growing from indie writers and traditional are kind of embracing it now we're seeing it a lot more in the shops um and i think this autumn in particular it really seemed like there were a lot out um so we thought why not why don't we dig into that and we've invited some other authors of witchy rom-coms we have two lovely authors here we have sarah hawley and we have kate kenzie and i'm going to hand you over to them so that they can introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about their books uh should we start with sarah yes um hello i'm so glad to be here thank you for inviting me um, I wrote the uh, the Glimmer Falls fantasy romance series. The first book is A Witch's Guide to Fake Dating a Demon. Mm. And then the second book, um, which came out November 30th, is A Demon's Guide to Wooing a Witch. And then there's going to be one more in it, which is A Werewolf's Guide to Seducing a Vampire. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're very whimsical, silly, um, high heat uh, paranormal rom-coms. And they've been really fun to write. Yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about the first one, and you just had the cover reveal, didn't you, for the uh, the vampire one? Sorry, I didn't. Yes, that's they're the, long the titles. I didn't. Cover. I didn't have the name. I know. In my I, head know. I lose. There. I lose track too. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, just revealed the cover for the U.S. version of Werewolf's Guide, and then um, I've seen sketches for the U.K. cover. Um, it's published through Glance in the U.K. Um, and they look amazing. So I'm really hopeful I get to reveal that soon as well. Oh, so are we, so are we. It's two two different covers as well. <laughs> Do you have a preference? Can you say? Can you say? Oh, I can never say that. You can never say that. <laughs> I mean, there's, some, there's something I like about the US covers and there's something about I like about the UK covers. Yeah. They're very different. Um, I do like that the UK covers have some foil on it, so they're shiny, uh, which is always important. Um, but no, I think just two different artists and two different styles, and, and I love them all. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Hey, thank you. It's lovely to have you. And um, also, Kate, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Kate Kenzie, and I'm the author of A Blend of Magic, which is set in Whitby, and it's a festive romance following Willow, the owner of the Enchanted Emporium, and she has to discover there's more to life than her main coon cat, Vincent, potions and cups of tea. More could there be to life? I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> that, that is a questionable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, so um, yeah, shall we get into it? So, um, as you were growing up, were there witches or magic or things out there that you think influenced you and your writing style? Uh, who should we yes 
Yeah. Yep. Oh. Five away. Oh, I'm ready. Um, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, my mother was the sci-fi fantasy reader in the house. Uh, and so she shared her whole collection with me. Um, so obviously she had big classics like um, Tolkien and Roger Zelazny and things like that. But I would say one of the more formative influences on me when I was young was um, the Song of the Lioness series and everything else by um, how I've, I've just learned you pronounced it Tamara Pierce instead of Tamora Pierce. I was pronouncing it wrong my entire life. Um, so everything Tamara Pierce wrote, they're beautiful middle grade YA um, girls with magical powers and animal shifting and all sorts of interesting things. And, and so I would say that was tremendously formative when I was young. Awesome. I think they were mentioned on our, our New Year special, weren't they, with Julia Bogio? Do you remember? Should I think. Oh, yeah. Yes, it, I think it brings that was about, one yes, of yes. Our, our recommendations, and I still haven't got around to checking them out. But so many books. That's two now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> saying that they're, yeah, worth, worth looking at. Mm -hmm. So, how about you, Kate? Um, initially, I think it was books like The Worst Witch series, and but then I went into horror and screen comics and Misty. And I just fell in love with anything supernatural. So, yeah. Yeah, The Worst Witch were probably one of the first ones I ever read. Of uh, Do you have those in the US, Sarah, The Worst Witch books? Or are they a very UK know. thing? Um, I haven't heard of them. I'll need to, I'd like to look that up. I was going to say that got one down here. Yeah, that's kind of formative UK. We're going to see quite a difference between US UK because even, even now my girls brought The Worst Witch books home mm -hmm. from school library. Yeah. And I think uh, we also, like for me as well, it was also moving on to like TV and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, mm -hmm, which I yeah. feel really embodies a bit of the the fun element that you're getting in like the witchy rom-coms that are popular mm -hmm. now, that kind of, because it's quite a different side to it, isn't it? Um, sort of you get witches where it's very serious and like looking at kind of the the persecution aspect and the historical aspect of it and but then you can also it seems to have the lighter side too so it depends what tone you're going for it's interesting um so given that you know you both loved witchy things and supernatural things from a young age how long have you wanted to write a witchy story or a witchy romance story in particular as well. Sarah, would you like to go first? Oh, um, I mean, I've wanted to be an author forever. I I tried to write a novel in first grade um, about the ants in the kitchen, and that was not successful. Um, but I I was writing, before I moved into writing romance, I was reading a lot of romance, but I was writing fantasy novels. Um, and definitely, I've always wanted to be in that speculative fiction space. Um, so I have some some trunked uh, novels with like the Fae and various magical elements. And actually, I'm going to have some news about that soon. Um, but then in terms of the romance, I don't really know what sparked it. I think I'd been writing all of these fantasies with romantic subplots. And then um, I was like, you know, I'm not really seeing any success with these. So I want to try my hand at writing a romance because I really love reading romance. So I will do I will do a romance uh, first with a fantasy uh, world and and that was amazing um and it felt like I also let myself be silly I hadn't really let myself be silly in the the fantasy novels I'd been writing so this was my first time really experimenting with a funny tone uh, and kind of campy and goofy 
Um, and it was just wonderful. So, so like the desire to write about magic had always been there, but specifically witchy rom-coms that was, um, when was I writing this? I guess this would have been 2020 or 2019. One of those time, time really, really smooshed there for a little yeah, bit. Really <laughs> did. It's just the long yeah. blur, isn't it? For long two blur. Years. So, yes. <laughs> so I wrote it, I wrote it in the long blur is yeah. when I started writing witchy, witchy rom-coms. There we go. Well, at least something good came out of that blur of time then. Yeah, it was really hard to write, though, um, especially that first book, because it, it had such a silly tone. And then it's really hard to sort of tap into that when the entire world feels so horrific. Yeah. Um, so it took me a lot longer to write than books generally do. I think it took me about 10 months for that first book for A Witch's Guide. Um, and normally, if I, I would like to write a book in about... Um, probably like two to three months. Um, so it, it took a lot longer than they normally would. Yeah. But it worked yeah. out. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things where it's, I think some writers will find the escapism in it, but other mm -hmm. writers, if you're, yeah, if, if the world is burning, um, it can be a little bit hard to find. Yeah. The we all burn together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Kate, how long have, has Willow been part of your, your ambition to have her out um, there for readers I never intended it to be a romance witchy romance I was writing a YA fantasy about the youngest witch in the story Amber and Willow popped up just as a side character and the YA fantasy was getting so complicated that I just wrote a short story with Willow and that's where the romance came into it so my YA fantasy was put in a box and I kind of gone with this one. But yeah. Are you going to take it out of the box, do you think, and do the, the YA tie-in? I think I probably will because I know everything that happens in the story. I just need to finish it. So I will say I think you probably need to because I want to read that because I've read the third one. Just on a side note, please. Okay, there we go. Because <laughs> Jessica said so okay I'll make sure it's done then yeah exactly it'll take about 10 years but yeah <laughs> got all the time in the world I've got I've got so many more on my TBR already good. yeah yeah we'll have some other books in between I'm sure we need to get through <laughs> okay so yeah I keep forgetting it's like oh yeah I need to talk and do the questions yeah, and your turn so. Jess yes yeah, so it's me sorry okay so um how do you think uh, with witches are presented nowadays? What do you think has made it so popular now? What is the thing that came out and went, look at this subgenre now, please? Yeah, Sarah. As, as like, we've got the two. Sorry, we're just, we're just, yeah, sorry, we're just waiting. <laughs> we're just, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this. I think it's the cozy aspect that is really making it take off right now. Um, it's escapism, but it's escapism that feels, uh, at least for a lot of the a lot of the ones that are, are big right now, um, feels low. Like the stakes can be high, but it doesn't feel like these books are going to deal significant emotional damage, um, which which is important right now. Um, and I think also because witchiness it lends itself so well to stories of of female empowerment, you know, mm -hmm. struggling with your powers and struggling with your powers and your place in the world as a metaphor for what it is to to be a woman in this world and trying to find your place and trying to balance all of your obligations. Um, and so I think there's something about this current trend where it's like yes, like you 
everything will be okay. Like you can grapple with accessing your magic or whatever else, um, but everything will be all right in the end and the characters will thrive and and maybe you can thrive too. I think specifically because the world has felt so bleak um, for a while that personally I need to read things where I'm like, you know what, it's okay. I No high angst for me right now. Yes, yes, definitely get that. I mean, yeah, I came in, I, I got pulled into the bottom of the Akatar thing and then you kind of get really yes. sucked into that. So to yeah, be able to step back and go, actually, you know what? yeah, just to sit and chill for a little bit is quite nice. <laughs> yeah, it's As quite a different, um, yeah, there's like the fantasy romance that still deals in quite big stakes and they're more drawn out over series and you don't know which characters are going to make it through and which ones aren't whereas the witchy rom-coms seem to be like you were saying a little bit more based on the romance kind of model of we know there's going to be a happily ever after Mm -hmm. or a happily for now so any of the high stakes can kind of you can just enjoy the fun of it and know Mm -hmm. it'll be okay at the end can't you I mean, I mean, obviously we're in this huge romanticy boom um, that's happening. And I'm sure the the market is just going to be absolutely flat. And it's great because I love this. I, I love romanticy yeah. as a genre. Like this is my time to read all of the books. But I think we're starting to get a lot of those more serious multi-book. You don't know who's going to live and who's not. And I'm going to read them all and I'm going to love them. But I do think the little cozy witch niche <laughs> has been a very necessary one. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, when we started doing this, like a few years ago, we kind of, we struggled to find them and now you can kind of pick them out everywhere and it's so nice to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Kate, what about you, matey? I think, yeah, you need the escapism and the empowerment of the characters. But yeah, I agree completely. You need the coziness. Yeah. And the happy ever after. Yeah. They're very different. Um, I'm going to go on a tangent. Sorry, I do that. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking like between the two of your books, because I've read them both. um, Like they're both very full of atmosphere and magic, but in very different ways. So Sarah, you've done yours and it's um, you've got like an alternative version of our world where it's um magic everybody knows about magic and magical creatures are out in the open whereas Kate yours is like very um it it's like realist it's like magical realism almost isn't it because it's magic as people actually practice it today but just that little bit further along and but they've both got that lovely cozy element so that does seem to be like a, a uniting factor in it for sure um yeah and just just thinking about that like what led to your decisions about choosing to do that really Sarah I'll start with you because you went for that alternative oh in terms of the world building um it felt like the the biggest most expansive most fun version um I could do I really liked having magic out in the open because it not only gave me a chance like I I love world building I love thinking about what the world would look like and so you start imagining like how do centaurs navigate this world and and how was the architecture built and how is society structured and and what what is it like to actually live in this town um and I got to make a lot of very silly jokes because you can start making um puns about like magical dupes of real world things as you sort of blend what's real and what's not it was just really fun 
Um, and I also liked it as an opportunity to make the world um, more utopian, um, sort of an inclusive world where everyone's welcome. And there are accommodations, you know, for for people with hooves and and people with wings, and just a chance to, for me, it felt like writing more pure escapism, um, and trying to make it feel like not just a fantastical world, but a welcoming one, um, without a lot of the the baggage of trying to do our world, but with magic in it. So yeah, I think that's where I was going with that. Yeah. So, Kate, why did you decide on a different route? And I think yeah. it was because it was the character Willow is already in the, the other book, mm-hmm. and that is set part in a fantastical world and part in reality, and Willow was in the reality part. Okay. <laughs> so it had to follow through. The decision was already made. <laughs> I see. That she was in reality and the shop would be yeah. part of the magic. So is that there's a more fantastical world in your YA one with Amber then? It is, yes. We'll get to see that Mm -hmm. if you... Possibly, yeah. You see parts of it in the blend of magic. Oh, is it like the dreamwalking stuff? But it's all the dreamwalking and stuff. Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah. Stop the little snippets in there, Emma. Little teasers. Sorry, oh, that's not know. a spoiler, is it? Is that a spoiler? No, I don't think it's okay. a spoiler. <laughs> I can never tell. Sometimes, you know, some things are like, um, as a as a writer, you just like, oh no, why did they say that? You know, why have they they spoken about that bit? Because you spent so long like just drip feeding it in and then getting to the <laughs> end. But um, yeah, I thought that that that's a fun element. They can wait and see when that happens and what it's used for okay so yeah while we're on the fun aspect of things then so um if you were gonna create a spell to make the perfect witchy romance what would be the ingredients that you would put into it so yeah we thought about mentioned about tropes and vibes and the bits of magic Uh that you would throw in uh well there can only be one bed no matter no matter okay. how many beds okay. the recipe calls for, you can only put one in there. Okay, that's yeah, but I'm behind that. Totally yeah. agree. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. important. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Emma, I think you you have one one bed that malfunctions. Um, I do. Oh, yeah. So so even one, better if it's a bed, malfunctioning bed. bed. Yes. <laughs> and I've done it in the one I'm writing at the moment as well. And I I had this moment of. Oh, should I do only one bed again? And I was like, yeah, totally. Yeah, I <laughs> just I'm doing it. Again. I, think, I think like every single book in the Glimmer Falls has one bed at, at some point. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. I just love it. I need it. Right. Um, <laughs> and I think at least enemies to lovers or rivals to lovers lends itself very well to witchy romances, just because you have people, if you have people with opposing goals and maybe different types of magic, um, or if you've got the tension between, you know, a witch trying to keep their identity secret and the world out there wanting to find out about them and that, um, I, I think any kind of oppositional forces, uh, mix that in there as well for the potion. Hmm. I, I loved how in your book, it was like, they were just tied together as well. It was like, cause that, that to me is just catnip having that forced proximity as well. We have to have these characters on the page. Like yes. a lot. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And for, um, for anyone who hasn't read it yet. So the first book, uh, a witch accidentally summons a demon and he can't leave until he gets her soul. And so he actually cannot physically get particularly far away from her. 
um, and he cannot leave. And so he's just trying to like harass her into giving up her soul while he falls in love. Um, and then the second one, it's a road trip where they're both in dangers. So they're in the same car a whole lot. Um, and then the third one, um, I don't know. Have you, have you all read Ella Enchanted or watched the movie? Um, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, so there's an yeah, element yeah. where she has to obey the commands. Uh, there's this spell where she's obedient. And so the third book has something like that, where this, um, this vampire succubus has been trapped by a curse and anyone who sort of owns her earthly vessel has the ability to give her direct commands. And so that accidentally ends up being this very well-meaning, sweet, anxious werewolf hero. And so there's a, there's a bit of forced proximity as well. I mean, there's sort of, she's living with him because she's from the medieval era. She has no idea where she is, but then also I think the the emotional proximity of that in a way mm. of of how do you navigate this person who has complete control over your existence if they choose to exert it um so i, th I think it's more of an emotional uh, proximity than necessarily physical mm -hmm. yeah but i love that i love that too just like smash them together and smash yeah. themselves together and make them kiss <laughs> you, like i don't you know will it's fit. great you will yeah. fit. <laughs> so how about you Kurt? what would you be sticking in there i think as well as the close proximity, so you could get the chemistry and the sparks flying, whether it's romantic or they hate each other. Location. I really like world building and location. So the actual setting as a personality of its own as well. Yeah. Really, really does. Oh. Sometimes that is the thing that can just pull you straight in. And that's, yeah, that'll yeah. be the 2am reading, won't it? Where you're like, I just have to get a bit more in yeah just like and the way you've done it in your book is just it I just want to go there you should talk to the tourism board because <laughs> I now really really want to go to Whitby you should have your book there because it's doing the job like and and York as well they're just yes. they're beautiful places anyway um but you've just really captured them and that, that really helps because they just inherently feel that way there's so much history there isn't there that you get that magical yeah as, as well. soon as you go there you can sense the magic in there yeah do you have any favorite elements of the world building where you created and little details that to you really make it shine like your, your personal favorites I think it's mainly the shop it's based in a, the shop the Enchanted Emporium so it's all the little details and the ghosts that haunt the shop so <laughs> they know all the history about the ghosts and stuff like that so yeah we were talking about ghosts earlier, weren't we, Jess? Um, like the show. Have you ever? Oh watched yes, sorry. The U yeah, yeah. sorry. Have you ever watched the US version, Sarah, of a show called Ghosts? Um, I think, I think I've watched a few episodes of both the US and the UK version. Okay. Um, oh, and I, I don't yeah. know why I didn't finish it because it, it's absolutely um something I'd want. And I have another romance series coming um eventually down the line that's going to be about paranormal investigators and. One of them is a ghost romance, so very oh, wow. excited about that. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well yeah, keep an eye out for that one. So um, on the back of that, just quickly, because I don't write witchy, I'm kind of a little bit on the darker side of things. Is there anything that you think wouldn't work well for a, a witchy romance? That's open to all of you. Emma, you can answer too. You have a witchy oh book in there. Yeah, I know. I've, I've got my head tuned into the host side. I'm not, I'm not Sorry, answering out today. I don't know. I'd, I'd find it very hard to say anything that you couldn't do because like, we discover this, don't we, on the podcast, Jess, when we're yes. talking about tropes, is that there are tropes that we say we're not too keen on, but we can always find someone that does it in the way that it works for you 
definitely we've had this experience with secret babies and things yes. like that it's not a favorite yep. trope um, no, but we found them when we found looked. them mm-hmm. yeah. okay i'm good i'm going to need those recommendations because um secret baby is not the trope of my heart at all um, yeah, yeah. but i understand a lot of people love it so if you have yes. recommendations to turn me on to secret yeah. baby please let me we know yeah, send them your way have them too. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That's it. It's funny, isn't it? We feel like we need to do the homework. You've got a, that's a trope I don't usually like, but if you can find one that I like, yeah. I I want to read it. I want to be proved <laughs> Definitely. wrong. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess with witchy witchy rom coms, it's that thing we're talking about the lighter and the darker side of presenting witches. It's kind of a fine line you have to draw, and depends how you want to choose to do it. Like you've chosen Sarah, haven't you? Because of you saying if you alter the world we're in so that it's more inclusive and you know what we'd prefer the world to look like you can kind of skirt some of that darker element of the mm-hmm. witch in history but you can still there are still witchy rom-coms that involve it and yours is like mm-hmm. that Kate isn't it you've got um elements yeah, that bring in more of that historical side of it yeah, and there's darkness in there more as well. Yeah. I yeah, think really. anything goes, doesn't it, really? Mm-hmm. I, think so. I also think it's the, the wonderful thing about fantasy romances in general is that the, the stakes can be so different and so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And as big as you want or as small as you want, it, it really gives you so much to, room to play with because you, you could get to make up your own magic. You get to decide what that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it's why I love fantasy so much as a genre is just the massive playground. Um, and there are definitely like dark, dark fantasy books that I really enjoy. Um, and I just, I feel like there's so many different flavors within it that I, I'm struggling to think of anything you couldn't put in a witchy yeah. rom-com except yeah. for like a, a unhappy ending. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't kill them off at the end. And I know. Not in a rom-com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that. it. I don't know. Yeah, we yeah. will come for you if you do. Or you could kill, you could actually kill them, but you have to bring them back right or, or have some <laughs> kind of, or maybe like a, a happy ghost romance together. Like there's got to yeah. be something. I find See, that really hard. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going there. <laughs> Where my brain went, sorry. Oh, I was just thinking about the ghost ones. There've been like some really good, uh romances with the, one of one of the other people being a ghost and I really struggle I look at them and I'm like how are they gonna work this out to have a happily ever after that's you know you've really the the writers have really got the good imagination to think up how they're gonna how they're gonna work that definitely um that kind of leads in a little bit what you were saying Sarah to our next question which was about magic systems and um what you enjoyed writing most about the magic system you created? So personally, I'm going to talk about something that I really liked and then really didn't like. Um, uh, when that's I had to fine. Continue yeah, that too. <laughs> um, so my my magic system involves, which is um, have to combine spell words and actions. And so the actions can be anything from um, drawing runes to weaving patterns and thread or dancing. It's kind of, it's sort of a way to chant ritualistically channel the intention of the spell, but they also have to speak the language. Um, and so I wanted a really fun language that would sound magical, that would make 
sense with me not being a linguist. Um, so I ended up doing, I think it's called an agglutinating language where you have these, these compound words. And so one word will have who's performing the action and what the target is and what the general intent is. And so every, almost every spell in the books will be two compound words and then like a little fake word connecting them. And so that was really fun. Um, so, cause I sort of come up with it. I, I spent some time in Turkey. Um, I was a, I, I have a past life as an archeologist. Um, and so I remember like studying a little bit of Turkish and just really liking how, um, how to form all of these words that would tell you like when something is happening and who it's happening to and all of that. So that was really fun until I realized I had to keep doing it. Uh, when I am not a linguist and I'm trying to frantically to hit the deadlines for books two and three. And so in my, the copy I turned into my editor, I would say just in all caps, like spell word, a spell word, sort of like, that's a problem for future Sarah to look this up. Um, and then, you know, you get the things back for copy edits and the editor's like, you have to actually put spells here. And then I'm like, <laughs> looking up roots of words and then I'm trying to remember what I did because it feels like it was a thousand years ago um and like what were the rules I came up with and sometimes spells will repeat or it'll be so like there's a spell in the first book where they're heating a skillet and then there's a later spell in book two I think where they're like heating a tent and then in book three there's a spell where they're um drying people who just got dunked in a like a, an icy lake and so I was like well shoot it has to sort of be the same basic root and probably the same basic structure but then I have to change what it's paired with depending on what's being heated and how many people so it's like okay if there's one skillet like the language be is so specific like this is a skillet that that used to belong to and, and the, the spell words actually have a really important thing to do with big twist in book one so it's like well, that skillet is, you know, your skillet, but it used to belong to so-and-so. And that's how you say this in this word. Um, but then there would be a different structure of it saying, well, I'm going to heat multiples of this thing that I own would have a different structure. Um, and I'm not going to, someone's going to read this. Some linguist is going to read this and be like, this is terrible. And a, a really a horrible approximation of how language works. Um, but like, I tried, <laughs> I tried. That is and to say, that... you can make it your own. It's all good. <laughs> this is Sarah's so language ambitious now. that was like when you said I'm not a linguist and then you went count this <laughs> I was like oh my god I was just like I'm not doing spell words <laughs> I just made that decision I was like I'm never any good at coming up with stuff like that so I just well, I think I you, you picked the wiser path uh, I, I get out of it I'm like, <laughs> like and then they said a magic word and that's it yes you can imagine what it is I did <laughs> I did start doing that where it's like um, if it's not the actual witch speaking this spell because originally if it's some other character I'll have the character be like I don't know they muttered a spell and that's because I didn't want to come up with what that spell was yeah. um yes. that's the only reason they're like oh it seemed really complicated I'm like yeah I'm sure it was I'm sure it was don't ask me what it was <laughs> What about you, Katie? I'm just so glad that I based mine on um, old spell books <laughs> and things like that. And tea. I didn't have to yeah. think about any languages or anything. So is that what you enjoyed diving into? Was it the I, research? Yeah, and stuff, I enjoyed or? all the research and things like that. But I also enjoyed like the family trees of all my witches. And so I know that there'll be parts in books in the future that will be linked to the 17th century witches oh, and then you'll be able to see who's connected to who mm -hmm. so I enjoyed all that bit mm -hmm. but I enjoyed doing Amber's magic because she's more powerful and takes more risks 
Yeah. She doesn't care. <laughs> As do you have family trees written down? Like, do you have a book where you've got like the family trees and the history? Or is it in your I head? I do, yeah. I have, most of it's in my head, but I do have bits of paper with all the family trees in. And so, which... I bet I bet readers rich. would love to see yeah. that. If you add yeah. a little appendix in your next yeah, books. Yeah. That sounds interesting. So, oh. which village is connected to the witches as well? Because there's like several villages in Yorkshire that are all connected to different witches and how they all connected to the ones in Whitby. Yeah. Was there anything you didn't like? doing about the magic system um, I don't think there was anything I didn't like mm. I just like doing magic it's <laughs> much more fun than reality yeah. I think really I is. found the similar problem with like what you were saying Sarah in that when you've decided to use magic for one thing having to remember that oh well they use magic for that kind of thing and each time something like that comes up you're like well they're a witch why wouldn't they use the magic there and I I find it quite difficult finding places where they would use magic where we actually have technology that's probably just easier to use than doing a spell and expending the energy and deciding when they would do it and remembering what they were capable of doing in the past it's it's a lot of remembering I think the writing down that you do Katie is something that I really should do a lot more should have the the bibles my own spell books and things of stuff i've made up definitely this is probably why i don't do witchy things because it'd be like suey um give me a hand please come on alexa sort it please if so if i've turned anybody's on yes um but yeah Going on to the tea that you mentioned, Katie, we're cosy, it's November, we all kind of want to be in that little bubble of warmth. So who out of your characters would you like to share a cup of tea and or coffee with? And do you think any of your characters are a little bit like you in any ways? I'd like to spend my time with Louise, which is Willow's best friend and Amber's mum. Yeah. She does, she's not mentioned much in the book she's um, more powerful than any of them and she's got a lot of history and I'd like to tap into her to help me write the other ones yeah the backstory for that would yeah. be yeah having read the book would be very interesting to see yeah so but I think I'm more like Willow with her tea addiction and her <laughs> teacup addiction <laughs> and how oh, wait how many do you have a lot of teacups I do have an awful lot of teacups, but not as many as Willow. Do you have any within within easy reach to um, show us your teacups? I haven't. I've got a mugs. I've got my teacups. Oh, the key. Oh, all my teacups are downstairs. See, now you need to give us a picture so we can put yeah. it out on online for everybody to see. Yeah, I'll definitely. do some photos of my teacup mm -hmm. collection. But since writing I, the book, you keep thinking, I need to buy that teacup because Willow would like it. Yeah, need another one. <laughs> it's funny, I just, um, I, I love going to um, antique markets and, and thrift stores and things like that. And so I, I went to this place where this woman was a, a porcelain teacup collector. Um, and so I, I don't drink tea out of them, but I did make one into a little succulent garden. So I, oh. I planted like a tiny succulent in it and it's a little saucer. Um, it's somewhere around here. I we could always get it that if you too. Want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. More pictures. More <laughs> yeah, all the pictures. 
So what about you, Sarah? Who are you sharing, oh, uh, sharing right. a cuppa with? Um, okay, so um, it's probably going to be Astaroth, who is the hero of A Demon's Guide to Wooing a Witch. He is this um, 600 plus year old demon. Um, he is actually British. I hope I did the representation okay and no one hates me uh, he's a bit of a villain in the first one isn't he he's a he's That's the villain the first, I know he's the villain of the first book but um and every time someone was like oh my god I can't believe this guy is the hero of book two I was like he has a cane sword he had a cane sword in book one like clearly I am attracted to this man like yeah. what are you talking about he's dapper um, he's got yeah so accent. he's dapper he's very snarky um he's really outrageous he's a lot of fun um he has amnesia in book two uh so that facilitates his redemption arc but i think he's just such an outrageous character in general and he was so fun to write he's got all these strong opinions on things like like marketing and um like the chivalric code and he's just like he's full of opinions and he's full of of thoughts and like half of them are really absurd but you're like okay i guess you have a point um and he has a sword i'm like that would just be like a really fun coffee date um i wish i was like astaroth but um honestly characters i'm most like it would probably be um well there's mariel spark who is the heroine of book one and she's kind of she's flighty she's got a really scattered thought process she's got a million questions and so i very much based her off of how i think um which is sort of constantly reaching out into strange directions um and rambling on about them um and then the hero of book three is named Ben and he is a werewolf and he has anxiety. Um, and he's very much sort of, sort of like the sad elements where you're like, you want to be the best, most thoughtful person you can be, but you're always like convinced you're missing the mark. He's very much like a, a soft sort of secretly insecure character uh, in a lot of ways I am. So I, I feel like the, the soft, anxious mortals in this series are the ones that I'm much more like than the very interesting kind of outrageous immortal types. Even if I wish I was like a warrior, you know, princess, that would be nice. <laughs> oh, you yeah. need just a cane sword anyway. I think you should I purchase do. one of these. Oh my God. I want one so badly. I will find a way. I always, <laughs> every time I go to an antique store, I look at the canes just in case, because I'm convinced <laughs> they, there must be one out there that I will find. I was going to say, do you actually have a sword on your wall? Is that what I'm saying? Oh, yes, there is a <laughs> yeah, sword on the wall behind me. Start uh, for 10. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah do you I, I could bring it I could show it to you if you like I don't know if we oh <gasps> that's fine by me I'm good with okay that, hold sorry. on just a moment okay. <laughs> interlude so we should do some music for that like so cool <laughs> okay I just realized I can't bring it down because there are a ton of Christmas ornaments hanging from it and they will all <laughs> clatter to the floor and then fall on my that's cats fine. And it will cause problems. So maybe I can take Again, pictures, pictures of the for later, just for yeah, Jessica's so... approval. See what you need to do when you said you're coming to the UK next year. Yes, come I am around in here. March. Yeah, definitely go and mooch around our antique shops because my my other half's mother has loads of daggers and swords and things she's picked up along the way. So knock yourself out, go and have a mooch around our shops. That would be good. And then uh, customs will be like, why do you have like, yeah. a dagger say, in a your suitcase? Bit I'm of... like, oh, don't worry about That's... it. I got a massive <laughs> cane. Author. Yeah, I'm an author. This is how it's... I got a cane <laughs> from the US back here. Really easy, big, long one with a pull-out sword at the end. You're fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah I actually have, I have a lot of, um, I have a dagger collection too. A lot of mm-hmm. those. Um, that was a that was a gift from um I I did fencing in high school um and so that was a gift from my fencing instructor. It is not the actual sword swords that we were fighting with, but it was sort of a graduation gift. 
I suppose. So you, you were saying that you weren't like these people, yeah. the yeah. corpse, and you've done, you literally Actually, have done fencing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't good. <laughs> I was not good at fencing. I don't, I don't think I ever won about. It was very much, it was a sort of a, a weekend thing for the theater kids. He taught stage fencing and then would teach us actual fencing on the weekends. Um, and I was just very bad at it because I would be there. I would just freeze up. I'm like, I'm supposed to stab people and I can't remember what I'm supposed to do. And then they're swinging a sword at you and you're like, oh no, don't yeah. hurt me. I think that would so. be my reaction. You've think, done yeah. really cool stuff as well, haven't you, Jess? You were doing axe throwing not long ago. <laughs> I was axe throwing the other week, yes. <laughs> Jesus, that was the scariest moment of my life. When they go, oh yeah, just be aware, they will bounce back. And you're like, pardon now. <laughs> um, but nobody signed me up for this. I've had a drink, and that's what. So yeah. Wait, did, were you good at it? Did Did you um, actually hit the yes, that you're supposed it, to hit? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> you were debating of... whether to be modest or not there, and you're like, yes, yeah. you were good well, at okay. it. <laughs> so the first ten minutes when they're like, oh yeah, just do this, just so that, and you're like, you don't know what you're doing, and then you just get this like. I'm trying to think of a female warrior, but none are coming to mind. But yeah, you kind of like Xena, you get this moment and you get it and you just, Argh! and then they show you how to do it two handed. So you that's it. You are just two hands and just go. So yeah, it got in the wall several times. It If I was nice. being chased by a serial killer, I would be dead. But if he was really slow... I'd probably be okay. <laughs> just stay As there for star. a minute. Just stay yeah. there. The moment someone pulls out an axe, I feel like the serial killer would say, maybe I'll find someone else. Like, it doesn't yeah, really it doesn't matter really if you know how to use it. You are carrying it. It's true. It's like, just the fact you have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, you would be arrested in the UK for carrying an axe. So we've I totally gone I off don't topic even now. know to go into the next, the next question. Yeah, so the last question we have um, was just about, because we were saying how, um, you know, we've been doing this podcast for quite a long time and, like, our love of fancy romance has seen quite a change in the the publishing industry because of it. Like, you know, it's very, very popular now. But a lot of readers were mainly reading indie authors because that's where they could find the kind of fantasy romance that they were after um so we just were wondering if you had any indie authors whose books you have really really enjoyed that you wish more people knew about um yeah and if you wanted to recommend them this is the the time for it we love getting recommendations <laughs> because more books <laughs> more books for the tbr so uh sarah have you got any yeah well this was surprisingly hard because i was thinking about the indie series that i'd read before and a lot of them have now been picked up by traditional publishing mm -hmm. um so laura thalassa's the rhapsodic the bargainer series i think that's been picked up by bloom books that's and it. so yeah so that was originally one that i read when it was self-published I, and i think now it is traditionally published um A.K. Mulford had the same thing, like very popular self-published author and now um, now traditionally published. Uh, so then I was like Googling. I'm like, how many of these people have been picked up? And I think uh, one I really liked was Radiance by Grace Draven. I think that one is still pure indie. Oh, that one's great. Um, it's an arranged marriage between it's sort of a married to friends to lovers of yeah. uh, two different species um and what i loved about it is that they are just purely physically disgusted by each other um <laughs> when they first marry like he's he's got like i think he's got like gray green skin and like sharp teeth 
and like no whites to his eyes. And he looks at this human and I remember him describing like her eyes are like rolling like a horse. He's like, why is the whites yeah. of the eyes really freaked him out? And He's have blunt pink. teeth. Yeah, the blunt teeth he's like yeah. oh my god this is and so like they're both just like ah like my and they they tell each other like oh you're just hideous like in very joking ways like they become very good friends and and um and sort of falling in love despite the fact that they find each other so physically repulsive and um and completely different species so i, I really liked that one uh i guess that would be my recommendation i was gonna say yeah. i think we did mention it that it has been mentioned, probably the mentioned previously it. yet yeah okay. I, I'm, okay. I'm a yeah i love grace Draven, i think she yeah she does some some great stuff but that and that was the first one of hers that I read definitely it was just a a really different take on that forced proximity and the arranged marriage thing because usually you get the their enemies to lovers forced to marry but their their attraction is usually there from the get-go it's just that they're fighting it the whole time and it was just it was really different yeah I really enjoyed that one um yeah Katie, you read loads of books because you have your blog, don't you? So have you got any in particular, any standouts to you, Indies, that you any would love to champion? I think at the moment, Lillian Brooks, who writes the Whitby of Witches series, just okay. because even though they're based in Whitby like mine, but they're so different. Yeah. So I think her and you've got Sharon Booth, the Castle Clare Witches as well yeah. series. But also you've got Iris Beaglehole, who okay. writes the Myrtlewood mysteries. So she's got a whole world. She's got written so many now. But she's yeah. got a whole world of witches and vampires and shifters, all in cosy villages. So yeah, I really like her books. Are as they well. like are they all standalones or are they They're all standalones, but they're all interlinked. Yeah. So I think you can just like pick one up and yeah. read one but if you read the whole series <laughs> Jess is just shaking Sorry. her head no you me. can't you have to start at <laughs> book tell one Emma and then you'll okay. just randomly read book Sorry. six book 14 have, no, no. <laughs> but book she started some for, she started a children's series as well and a series for older women so oh, you've yeah. got a whole different range so you've got the kids and the menopausal women as well so it's all different brilliant Okay, well, I think that wraps us up for our witchy discussions. Um, Yeah, would you like to tell us um, where people can find you the best way, if you've got a newsletter or website or anything like that, Sarah? Uh, Yes, so my author website is uh, sarahhollyauthor.com. And my social media, um, I'm pretty much just on Instagram these days, um, but the handles I think are all Ms. Sarah Hawley. Uh, and yeah, and I've got a newsletter. I always do cover reveals and big news through the newsletter first and then put them out on social media. And then in terms of seeing me in person for your UK listeners, I will be in the UK next March. I'm doing Glance Fest in London, which is like March 16th-ish, somewhere in there. Um, and then I have no idea where I'm going after that, but I will be traveling around for two weeks and making various appearances. So would love to see people. Oh, keep us posted with your dates. We can put them out there. For I people. will. Yeah. Brilliant. And Kate, where's the best place for people to find you? I'm on katekenzie.com, which is my website. And my social media handle is kakenzie101. And I have newsletters but I'm not very good at actually sending them. <laughs> <laughs> They're written, but I just never 
I always forget to press send. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you send yours regularly, Sarah? Is it uh like um, a standard thing or is it just because oh, no. some people it's... just do it when it's news and some yes. people do it like it's it's regular. just when it's news so it, it might be like six months between them or you might get multiples in a month it all kind of depends um, yeah. but sometimes I do put pictures of my cats in them so that's important okay. Yeah. really okay send pictures of cats too I'm all for you for that too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed that I've they been why not try yeah. to wreak havoc yeah, yeah, they they almost always try to wreak havoc during interviews, and instead they are sleeping in the sunshine. So, yeah, they had the perfect opportunity, and they just didn't. <laughs> yeah, they I was I was it. so I loved it. You did a post when you got the proof of my book, and the uh-huh. your cat, one of your cats was winding through them, and and another one on social media. I loved it. It's like, oh look, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's brilliant. Well, I think that's us. We're wrapping up for the winter. So lots of cosy fantasy romance there for people to be enjoying through the, yeah, the dreary months. (laughs) Cold out, dark out. But mince pies, so it's all good. Mince pies, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Mince pies and twinkly lights. Do you already have your... Christmas decorations up there or those ones that live there all year round they're all year round Um, they were not intended to be all year round but you know what I don't know why not this is it my Halloween it just it goes up and it never comes down yeah yeah gotta be done (laughs) all right so yeah thank you everybody for joining us thank you to our lovely ladies it was lovely having you yeah thank you for hosting yeah thanks for having us yeah job done all right um, and we'll see you in the new year yeah won't watch we say i think probably springtime we'll be looking at the next season won't we so um yeah we'll say that keep posting <laughs> why do you say it like that is it going to be later is it going to be sooner i don't know <laughs> i don't know we, we are like we are like a newsletter we will come when we yeah, get when there it, it'll happen when it happens <laughs> when it happens we'll get there it's all good okay yeah okay <laughs> Cool. Be good. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.